Hello, friends, and welcome to the Women of YouTube podcast, where we are sharing stories of women YouTube creators in order to inspire other women to start creating. In each episode, we deep dive into why these women chose YouTube to create on, their struggles, their successes, and of course, get real about what happens when you're a female creator on the internet. This podcast is brought to you by TubeBuddy, your best friend on the road to YouTube success. Now let's get into it with your hostess, Desiree Martinez. All right, guys, it is time for another awesome episode of the Women of YouTube podcast. This week, I am talking with Jessica Hatch. She is the pack leader over at Gone to the Snow Dogs and the Snow Dogs vlog. Jessica has been creating content across multiple channels and platforms for almost 10 years. She actually ran her family's restaurant for 12 years and took a gigantic leap of faith to become a full-time creator back in 2013, leaving her stable job behind her. She is married and lives in Northern Michigan and loves adventure. And of course, she's a very spontaneous person who is willing to try almost anything. And I think that that has to be so incredibly true when you have two channels dedicated to your dogs. So let me tell you a little about her channels, which are Gone to the Snow Dogs and Snow Dog Vlogs. So over on Gone to the Snow Dogs, she is sharing the lives of her dogs with the world. They make them very happy and they want them to make other people happy as well. They go over things like DIY dog treats, camping videos, adventures, and they even share the ups and downs of life with huskies. Now over on the Snow Dogs vlog, this is where they share their lives along with their dogs. So it's essentially a vlog about their dogs that they just kind of participate in as the human pets that they are. Their vlog channel showcases adventures, ups and downs, and of course, life in general. They have combined over a million subscribers between these two channels with almost 300 million views. OMG, guys. Seriously, their channel is fantastic because people get to live vicariously through their dog's life. And we talk about this pretty in depth in the interview where she talks about what her dogs not only mean to her and her husband, but also to the people that they are following. Some of the stuff that Jessica and I dive deep into is her 10 years of being a creator and how she has been able to stay inspired. Her community that has been there through thick and thin, including the death of some of her Huskies, which has been so hard and she shows up still to make sure that those that are part of her life, who are part of her fur family, are also included in what's going on. We also talk about how her YouTube channel has become essentially an archive of the stories and the experiences that she has had with her dogs and also how she had to fight to stand out and be heard in a male-dominated industry. So let's dive in to this week's episode. I hope you can't hear the puppy. There will, you know, I've got kids and puppies. <laughs> and that is, I think, considering the fact that you have a, a, a brand all about dogs, that if they right. weren't in the background, we're right. probably doing this wrong. Right. <laughs> so Jessica, welcome to the show and to your dogs <laughs> who are barking in the background. <laughs> They definitely are. Right? I'm so excited to have you on the show. I love talking to fellow sassy and overly opinionated women. So this <laughs> one is going to be good. I hope you all are ready. <laughs> so Jessica, tell us, why YouTube? 
You know, I started I started YouTube 10 years ago and really I started I was a I was a consumer of YouTube in the early days. So like back 2006 when YouTube was really getting started and channels were just becoming a thing and people were kind of finding their place on this platform. I was using it way back then to like share videos with friends and family and I followed a couple of YouTubers some one of them who still creates today and uh did a they made like a video and they wanted everybody to do a video response to it i don't know if you remember video responses but <laughs> back in the day you could do video responses and they wanted everybody to do a video response to this video i did it for fun it got like a thousand views overnight and i don't know what it triggered but i kind of was just like i want to do this i want to start a youtube channel and at the time there really wasn't like a whole lot of pet channels like there was Mishka who had a viral video but they weren't like a pet channel they just put up random videos of their dogs so I kind of told my husband I'm like I wanted to make a YouTube I want to make a YouTube channel I want to upload two videos a week and I'm gonna have a schedule and I'm gonna upload on these days and this is what I want to do and I'm gonna buy a camera and he goes don't don't get upset if nobody watches oh no I'm like, what? He goes, I just don't want you to get your feelings hurt if nobody watches like you expect. I'm like, I don't expect anything. I'm just going to make videos and it's going to be fun and, and I'm just going to do this. And that was legit like how it started. I just, something clicked and I was like, I want to do this. <laughs> but how, how, did it, how did you keep doing it? Like, I feel like you hit up like you get really pumped up about something new, especially YouTube. Yes. And like, like there's nothing more exciting than hitting like those small milestones. Like, Ooh, 10 subscribers. Ooh, a, you know, a hundred subscribers, you know, like these kind of like really small um, milestones that people like take for granted that are literally like the hardest ones it feels like to get. Right. But how, how did you keep up with it? Like, how did you, what is it that happened that lets you like stay interested in doing it? Like for 10 years, <laughs> I think that I've never lost the pass. Well, I mean, you know, they, they say, do something you're passionate about. I love my dogs. I love the fact that I can share them with people and they make, they make me so happy and I can share them with people and they make other people happy. And there's just like something about that, that when I, to this day, when I get comments from people that are like, oh my gosh, I appreciate what you do so much. I'm allergic to dogs. I live vicariously through your dogs. I can't have a dog. I'm 65 years old and live alone and can't have a dog. And I watch your dogs every day. I think it's that, that kind of just really pushes me to keep going. It, you know, there was a lot of that in the beginning as well, but kind of like you said, when it was new and it was different and not everybody was doing it, it was one thing, but to continue to do it, it's really honestly my audience that just we have such a supportive audience and I feel like I would be letting them down if I stopped creating, but not to say that it's like, I, I can't ever stop. I don't want to, I want to keep making videos for them. Plus I have, you know, I, again, I've been doing this for 10 years. We've had five Huskies total as we've gone through this, we've lost two of our dogs while being creators. I have all of this footage of these dogs that I never would have had had it not been for what we do. So like when I'm making videos and we're going places and we're going camping, in the back of my mind, there's always that 10 years from now, I have this. I can go back and remember which dogs I had and what we did. So there's, there is a lot of elements that kind of keeps that driving force. 
That's just so beautiful. I never actually thought about that. Like I can look back and see all this old footage and stuff. Like for me, when I started off my YouTube channel, it was a lot of just like really rough education around content marketing, which is what I still talk about. But I also would vlog about our adventures in Korea because we had lived there for a year with my little kids. And I do get these fun moments like when they pop up on my feed or whatever. And I'm like, oh, they were so cute and little and they weren't as sassy then. And, you know, <laughs> you did so many fun things that so many people didn't get to do. And I, I never thought about that as being like a reason to keep going. Usually people keep going for so many other reasons. It's always cool to find new ones. It's that definitely people. something that keeps me motivated, especially like my oldest dog now is 12. We just added another puppy. We lost our 14 year old a year ago. And then, you know, we just got this puppy and it's, you know, I look at them and I, there are times where I will go back and look at these old videos now, especially like now that we've got the puppy, I'm like, oh, I see these aspects of Shiloh, our very first Husky in Kira. And I go back and I go, look, there's a video of Shiloh doing what I remember and what I'm seeing this dog do now. So that is a big part of it, having the memories and the moments. And then just the audience keeps pushing me forward. I mean, even I, we lost our 14 year old Husky. I didn't stop making videos. I could have quit. I could have I could have stopped. I could have, they're like, take a break. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, I, I don't want to take a break. I want to, I, I don't want to share how sad we were, but at the same time, if the process that we had to go through when we lost that dog helps somebody else, I want to put it out there. It's so okay. Do you, think, do you think losing your dogs with that being like a, you know, the foundation of your brain and what you're doing, was that like one of the hardest things you've had to do to keep creating through that? I, that is probably the biggest hurdle. Like when Shiloh, Shiloh passed away in 2013, our channel was not as big. It seemed like with Shiloh, it was easier because she was sick and like we knew she was sick and we knew this was happening with Oakley, the one we lost last year, it was like, she was there and then everything happened. And it like, I had no time to like prepare everybody for, I mean, she was 14, but I didn't really have like that preparation time, like, hey, she's getting worse, blah, blah, blah. That didn't happen. So I feel like that was probably one of the biggest hurdles we've had to overcome because, yeah, it was hard to keep creating through that. But at the same time, I knew that so many other people were hurting with us. I didn't want to just leave them. Like, I didn't want to not connect with them on that level. Like, they're sad too. She was just as much their dog as she is our dog. Just because they don't live here doesn't mean they don't love her. I mean, I've the drawings, the letters, the people love my dog. So I couldn't, I couldn't just abandon them, but that was tough. Pushing through that was, it was hard because how much do you share? What do you say? How do you, how do you effectively tell thousands and thousands of people that their favorite dog died? How do you do that? Like, I, I don't, I really tried to do everything in my power to avoid the fact that someday my dog will die because she's right. 11, starting to show her age. And it's like, it literally just like getting emotional and stressed out at the, the, that thought. And I don't know. So my follow up to this is gonna be how did you overcome that intense struggle? I, it was honestly, honestly, it was, it was our audience. It was the people that reached out to me that I've known for years that I've met through YouTube for years that were calling us, you know, the, the audience members I have that I've never met in person that I've become really close with reaching out and messaging us. I just, they really helped push us through to 
I don't know, kind of just continue what we were doing. And, you know, my husband, who's amazing, same thing, you know, right after, not long after she passed away, he was like, we're going camping, throw everything in the car. We're getting out of this house. Let's go on an adventure. And we did the whole, do we vlog while we're gone? And he's like, we're going camping. You're filming everything. Oh yeah, you're probably right. We probably should. So we, you know, we kind of, it's a hard thing to go through, but when you have such a big support system, it really does help. And I feel like we were also the support system for a lot of people who they felt the same way we did. I watched people cry just as hard as we did. I had people that left the channel because they couldn't do it anymore. She wasn't there anymore. And they just, I can't watch your videos. It's not the same. Wow. That's deep. So you talked a lot through this about your, your audience and stuff. So would you say that your audience is not superficial? Like it's not just like a lot of passive subscribers or people that you're not actually connected with. Like you it sounds like these are like people that are very active in your life. I guess as active as you could be on YouTube is yes. you talk about your audience and like all that goodness that seems to be coming from them. Our, our audience, we call them the audience. <laughs> nice. I have a friend who's got um, an online pet sitting business. Yeah. She calls her people that own puppies uh -huh. the G gen pup, the general <laughs> population. Yep, yep. I love that. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, I our audience is definitely very, very um, – they're very passionate about what we do. They're passionate. They love my dogs. They're, they, it is different. It, I think it's different than some channels. Some channels have, you know, a really hardcore audience. We have a very hardcore audience. They pretty much, it seems like anything I try to do new, if I kind of just put it out there, Hey, we're going to try this new thing. They all flock over there. They're like, what are you doing over here? Even stuff I've done without the dogs. They're like, because for a lot of it, I'm always like, they don't care about me. They care about the dogs. But, oh, no, they care about me, too. Because when I go to try something new, they're right there supporting what we're doing. So I think that I think the greatest thing that has come out of all of YouTube that we've done is the people we've met, the, our audience, the people we've met, the people I've made friends with that I never would have known. When did that, like, when did you, like, realize, like, what, like, what subscriber count or view count or, like, video in your 10 years, like, what was it that, like, it hit you? Like, I'm making this for the people that watch. And this isn't just about me archiving and telling the story of my life with these fur balls. When, what, like, what, what was that moment for you? I honestly think it was probably when we lost Shiloh. A little bit of when we lost Shiloh and then when we adopted Oakley. Like, so between those two, like we adopted Oakley before Shiloh passed away. I think that was really when I realized like the connection and based on like the excitement of people and how invested people were in what we were doing, how invested they were that we got a new dog, how invested they were when our dogs have gotten sick. Because I, I don't hide anything really from our audience. My 12-year-old Husky has had surgery a stupid amount of times. She had cancer. They've gone through all of it with us. You know, I, hey, she's got to have surgery on her paw. I'm going to tell you about it. I could not tell people about it, but there's such a support system there. It's like, I feel like I need to. And I think that really did start when we brought, when we added our third Husky, when we brought Oakley into the family. I think that's when I really started to realize that this was, it's more than just 
me making fun videos of the dogs. It's a full on community of people that are, they're real people. They're not the people that type the little comments. They're not, they're real people. They're people just like you and me. And I think that was a big, that was probably the turning point when I really decided, you know, this is, it's bigger than what I see it as. That's amazing. And to all of you people that listen or already are following her, you probably are already just invested. Or if you want to go live vicariously through her puppies, I'd highly recommend you do it because it's, it's hypnotizing, like real talk. Like I have dogs and like, I'm like, I want more. And I'm, I'm like, no, Desiree, you've got two children. That's not. <laughs> so, so what is one of the coolest things that's happened to you because you're a YouTuber? Like besides having this amazing audience of people, what right. is the coolest thing that you can say that you've gotten to do because of YouTube that you know, never could have happened to you any other way? Oh, we've worked with some amazing companies. I think most, the first thing that popped in my head most recently was the, the road trip that we just recently took across country. We drove from here in Northern Michigan all the way to California to go to uh, PetCon, which was a big event out in California that our dogs were invited to. And then we went from PetCon to Washington State and drove from Washington State all the way back across. We did a 13-day road trip with all three dogs and the whole thing was sponsored. Nice. And it's fun. It's not something I think we ever would have, it was so out of our comfort zone. Like we go camping, we'll drive like eight hours to go to a campground. We don't tend to leave Michigan. Sometimes we go to Ohio, but that's about it. We went to New York last year for PetCon, which was kind of cool, but we didn't turn it into a big trip. The first thing that came to my head was, was that. That was probably one of the craziest things that has happened. That and the dogs being nominated for a People's Choice Award last year. Oh, wow. That's fun. So did you get to like go to Nickelodeon Studios and do all of that or? No, no we didn't get to go. We didn't get to go do any of the stuff. Um, they, it was a People's Choice Award and it, it actually fell the same weekend that we were in New York. But I think they had already knew who was going to win because they didn't invite anybody else that was nominated there. <laughs> so it was still a really cool experience. Like that is cool. You would have paid. I bet that it would be one of those highlights to like get those puppies slimed or something. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, it was. It's. It's. We've done some interesting things. We've done. We've worked with some really cool brands. I mean, my dogs have been featured. They've been on Animal Planet. Bad Dog on Animal Planet was the first time. Uh, the dogs got featured on television. That was when we only had Shiloh and Shelby way back in 2011, really early YouTube. Animal Planet found some of our videos and reached out and they're like, we want to put your dogs on this TV show. And first they're like, we just want these two clips and they were going to pay us for the two clips. And I'm like, oh, that'll be cool. That'll work out. And then it went from that to, okay, well now we see that you have all this other footage. We want to do a whole series. And I'm like, oh, okay. They are going to come out to the house and they came out and they, they filmed at the house. And I have, I have the actual episode up on our channel. That's they cool. filmed at our house and our dogs got featured on Bad Dog on Animal Planet. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That sounds great. That is the kind of thing though that you can only like think dream of is like the, those next level opportunities. I just wanted to take a quick minute and thank you for listening with a little something something from TubeBuddy. 
If you don't know, TubeBuddy is a free browser extension and mobile app for your YouTube account that helps you with finding the best keywords, create titles, A-B test your thumbnails, provides you with analytics, milestones, reporting, and so much more. If you have been inspired by the stories in today's podcast and you're ready to start creating, you don't want to do it without TubeBuddy. Get signed up with this free service at TubeBuddy.com forward slash women. So let's transition a little bit into lady YouTube stuff. So what do you think are some of the things that have happened to you specifically um, because you're a lady on YouTube? You know, I think there's a lot of times, it's sad to say, but I do think there's a lot of times where I don't get taken seriously. One, I have the fact that I'm a girl going against me in a sea full of it, it is a lot of it is a lot of male creators. I mean, I have a lot of male creator friends. I'm not knocking the dudes. I'm just saying. <laughs> but I think the other thing I have going against me is a lot of people, on top of the fact that I'm a girl, they go, "You just run a pet channel. It's just a pet channel." <laughs> I'm like, well, it's it's more than that. But I think like between the two, I I do have I've been in situations where you can tell that you know, you're in a group of people and you're talking and you're the only girl standing there and slowly the circle closes and you go, huh, I'm going to go walk over here and talk to these people that are actually going to look at me. <laughs> Why do you think it is that you're treated that way? Is it just, they don't take you seriously? They don't think that there's like value or business and, and dogs? Like, as I mean, like literally it's like the number one rule in marketing advertising. If you want to sell something, you got to use puppies and kids. So, I mean, what do you think it is that as, that drives them away. I think part of it is probably the fact that I am overly opinionated in a lot of aspects of when it comes to social media creation and content creation and things like that. Like I do have a lot of opinions and I feel like sometimes people see me as one thing. And then when they start talking to me, they're like, Oh, you, you have way more opinions than you let on. Like, cause I, like in our vlogs and stuff, it's not, I don't talk about that in our videos because it's not what our videos are about. So I feel like sometimes when I get with people in person, they're like, wow, you, you have a totally different opinion or, or if I disagree with somebody, something somebody says, I don't know. I feel like sometimes that can cause a rift and I run a YouTube group that has a lot of people in it. So I, I do this all the time. Like I have multiple things that I do all the time. And I feel like, I don't know. I just, I feel like people have a problem when they disagree with me. Like, I don't care if you don't agree with me, that's fine with me. But I think some people stuff like that sticks and they're just like, now I don't agree with you. So I don't want to talk to you about anything else. And it's like, Oh, but you think because you don't have a, as I said, we have the statistic about how 90% of YouTube categories are consumed by men and the number one, the women are consuming the vast majority of, you know, weight loss, health and beauty, fashion, that kind of content. Do you think that creators don't take you as seriously because they consider you like, oh, you're not a real lady YouTuber because you're not doing traditional lady things? And like maybe that's where the pushback comes from? I do feel like that is a part of it. You know, again, I think people feel like, you know, because we have a vlog channel, but then we have the dogs channel. And I, I do. I feel like people sometimes just feel like it's nothing but a pet channel and anybody can do it. Anybody can make a pet channel. Anybody can, you know, everybody's dogs are cute. They don't see the work that goes. And even, which is crazy because they create content themselves. They know the work that goes into these things, but they just think, oh, you just turn your camera on and film your dogs. 
and can't possibly well, be well researched and thought out. I mean, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that that happens to you, Forsworth. And like I said, I I, I, I get it because, like I said, I run in the same thing of that issue. Like the reason again that that I wanted to create this Women of YouTube podcast is so that we could tell great stories like yours and like how it's happened. But there's also some realities that we do have to face, and that's why there has to be something like the women of YouTube to give women that space to tell their stories and why they're awesome and why they shouldn't be overlooked and they should be taken seriously because you're just as much of a YouTuber and a business person as any other creator in any other space. Yep. So, all right. So what do you think the most important thing is for anyone who's thinking about getting started with YouTube? Like what should they be doing? I, I'm still that old school believer that I think the most important thing is, is that you really do have to be passionate about what you are creating. And it's not just like, you know, there's a thing, you can be passionate about something and it's just, I'm passionate about it for a year and then I'm over it. You know, oh, I bought a boat. It's great. We got a boat for a year. Let's go out and do boat things. And then the next year you're like, oh, well, the boat's kind of a pain in the butt. I don't know. I don't like the boat anymore. Let's put the boat away. <laughs> I really feel like it's something like if you really want to get started and you really want to do well and you want it to come a little bit easier, if it is something you honestly love, you've loved from a little kid, like if it's something you really have that passion for, it's going to come a lot easier to you because it's the creating is going to come easier. You're going to know what you want to talk about because you love it. And I think that's like my biggest tip to people. And I know it's such a, it's like a cliche, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Well, that's not really true. Do what you love and you'll literally work every day in your life. Do what you love and you'll probably work twice as hard than you ever did in your life. Exactly. But it won't, like, you won't hate it. Yeah. You won't hate it. It won't feel like work, but at the same time, you'll, you'll still have days where you, you don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> hey, I, I, full disclosure guys, literally yesterday morning, I was like so irritated with my life. I was like scrolling LinkedIn, looking at jobs. Like, We've all been there. Yep. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. And that's, you know, that's life in general. But I think being passionate and then, you know, one thing that I wish more people would do in the beginning, which I was very fortunate to have because I was a YouTube consumer before I started creating, is it's really nice to have a couple of people in the space that you can talk to you know, other creators, people that you can bounce ideas back and forth off of, people that are there when you need to vent because you've got haters in your comments or you you put all this work into a video and then the evil algorithm just like shot it down. Like, it's nice to have those people to bounce off of. And I think even in the beginning, if you can just find one or two people that you really can click with, they can either be like in the same niche that you're creating or friends of yours in real life that you're creating with. I think that really helps. I think when you don't have anybody that does what you do that you can talk to, you feel alienated. And I think that scares a lot of people away. That my friend is quite deep. So do you think, like if you had to pick like, a like a top secret tool, like your secret sauce, like your one little secret thing that you do that people maybe don't talk about or don't know about or don't think about when it comes to YouTube, what do you think that, what, what would that be? I think the one thing that I've learned, it's fairly recently in the past couple of years is just don't overthink it. Just put it out there. It's not perfect. It's not the best it could be. The color isn't perfect. The sound might not be perfect. The video might not have turned out the way it did in your head. Put it out there. 
don't don't wait just put it out there because somebody's gonna love it and you know what they may love it more than the video you put five hours worth of work into <laughs> right it's always how it is too it's always a shaky cam yeah. pulling out my phone landscape video or a portrait of five videos that do the best right yeah. it's so weird if, if you listen to what everybody says that the gurus of the world, you know, they're telling you all these things. And if you, it's, it's like anything else. If you listen to all the information and take it in, you know, make sure you do this right. Make sure you do this right. Make sure you do this. It's like the nagging that's, that gets to you where you're like, I have to do all of the right things or this isn't going to work. No, just, you know, sometimes you just have to wipe all that stuff off and be like, nope, I'm going to make this video because I want to make this video and I think it's going to be fun and I'm going to do it for me. I literally just did that this morning. I totally get it. And yeah. I think that more people need to listen to that. Like, yes, thumbnails and titles, like all that's important. And, you know, don't like ignore, you know, foundation principles, but at the same time, right. like you still got to create, like I was talking with, um, you know, our, our good friend, Jeremy Vest, who said, you know, 80% of the time, like you got to be creating content, like for the algorithm stuff and you should still like it. But like 20% of the time, just make something for yourself. Exactly. Like, just be like super selfish about it. And like, you know, cause if you're just making things for the, the YouTube man all the time, like you're gonna burn out. And I, yeah. I, I can see from experience, like I got really burnt out. I'm like, I'm just not going to be as creative as I want. Like, I feel like I'm in like a how to like loop cycle. Yes. You <laughs> will start to hate what you do if you do it because that's what you're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. That's not the reason you start it. That's not the reason most people start, you know, and that's what you kind of have to go back to. Like, I feel like whenever I get into that rut where I'm like, I need the perfect photo for the perfect thumbnail, I just kind of like take that step back and go, you know what? When I started years ago, none of that stuff existed. You didn't know what the perfect everything was. You just made content to make content. So sometimes mm -hmm. you just have to go back to that and just do it put it out there because you just never know what's going to take off. You can do everything right and it doesn't take off. And then you can literally do everything wrong. And the video goes viral. It's 50, 50. It's like the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> you can only game the system so much, right? So exactly. Do you think then that there is still room for new creators? Oh, I definitely do. I, I really do. I think it's much harder now than it was 10 years ago. But I don't think that people can't still break into this space. I really think they can. If you, if you have an idea and you're passionate about something and you can bring something different, you know, I mean, we're vloggers, but we're not family vloggers in the family vlogger style. We don't have children. We have dogs. That's kind of our thing. We vlog with our dogs. They go camping with us. They travel with us. You know, that's, you know, our secondary channel. That's what that is. And it's kind of different. And then even on, you know, the main channel, we do things a little bit differently. I feel like if you have something, just that little thing that makes you stand out just a little bit, you, I still, I still think people can make it on this platform. I really do. Well, you heard it here first guys. Jessica says, go hit that record button. Right. There's space for you. And there's no one, what is it? What does Dr. Seuss say? There's no one more unique or you -er than you. So exactly. just go out there and be you. <laughs> and you know, and the, I think that the other big thing too that people don't talk about is who cares if it's, if it's 200 people or 10,000 people. If you were standing in a room and 200 people were watching you talk, think about that. I mean, really think about that. 200 people standing in a room in front of you watching you talk. That's a lot of people. What difference does it make if it's 200 people or 10,000 people or 100,000 people? They're still listening to you. Put it out there for them. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for 
inspiring us lady youtubers to make sure that we keep creating and not to get discouraged if people want to follow all your goodness where do they go uh, you can find us all over social media at Gone to the Snow Dogs if you want to watch just the puppies. And you can also find us at Snow Dogs Blogs. And we're on pretty much every social media site out there. YouTube, Facebook, TikTok. Because, I mean, let's just get another social media site. <laughs> I mean, if Lil Nas X can be Billboard's Hot 100 with yep. TikTok, there's no reason you can too. I mean... Honestly, let's be real. Like, if you were to put a cowboy hat on your dog and put Old Town Road with your we dog, did. you know it would blow up. We did. See, there, <laughs> see? see, there you go. See, trendy. She says, she, Jessica, are you are you bad at anything? I mean, stop it. Yeah, vacuuming. <laughs> that's got to be a terrible thing to be bad at in a house with three dogs. She's got huskies, y'all. Like, that's not like little easy dogs. <laughs> yeah. I used to have a husky wolf mix yeah uh, we had made the decision as a family to rehome him just because we were about to have our our daughter like we literally honed him the day she was born and right. oh my god he is living the best life he could ever live in his life but literally the vacuuming and the fur oh do not miss it miss his face i do not miss the fur <laughs> it was just so excessive <laughs> we, we have five vacuum cleaners my husband does most of the vacuuming though we have two robot vacuums and then couple other ones we do have five though we have five total <laughs> you know what though if it wasn't for robots i don't i don't know if i i don't know if i had five was for my Roomba. i probably yeah. would suck at vacuuming too right <laughs> uh all right well thank you again Jessica, for taking the time to talk with us and for sharing your gifts your knowledge and your passion we really appreciate it. any final thoughts get out there and make something just do it <laughs> you heard it here first guys go do it Thank you for listening to the Women of YouTube podcast. We would love to know what you thought about this latest episode. So make sure to tag us with hashtag Women of YouTube with your thoughts. And if you really love this episode, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes to make the podcast gods and Phil over at TubeBuddy happy.